You're listening to the Personal Development Through Martial Arts Podcast, the podcast where the world's highest personal development experts and martial arts masters come together to empower and inspire you to become your strongest self and live the life that you truly want. Join host Bogdan Rosho, author, public speaker, and the founder of the first personal development through martial arts school in the world, in the podcast where you become the hero. Tony Watley is a serial entrepreneur, business consultant, and startup mentor. Tony is also an accomplished speaker and writer and has had his works published in numerous magazines and books. I'm really excited to sit down and pick his brains on making more money, having success, and pursuing your passion. So give me a hand in welcoming Tony Watley. We're here with uh, Tony Watley, and uh, I'm super excited to ask him a bunch of questions. He said that he will answer all the questions that I'm going to be throwing at him, so uh, we're in for a treat. Tony, how are you today? Great, and good, good to connect with you online and hope to really engage with some of your listeners. That's awesome. Um, tell us a bit about you know, how you started out. You were, you're very successful. You're passionate about um, fast cars, right? You're a published author, speaker. But did you like, when, when you started, did you think like, oh my God, I want to be a speaker. I want to be in this position that you are in today. Absolutely not. If you were to go back and trace me through my childhood, through junior high and high school, I was actually more shy. I tried to fit in more and I tried to do things not to stand out because we're told as children that if you stand out, you're going to get picked on, you'll get bullied and things like that. So we're just told to like dress like your friends, watch the shows that your friends watch, speak like your friends, get the same haircuts as your friends and try to fit into this the sheep mentality herd of protection by numbers. And then you start to realize as you become an adult that, hey, look at all these successful people. They're not the ones that fit into the herd. They're actually the ones stepping out and being outstanding. The literal version of the word outstanding is to stand apart from the crowd mm-hmm. and to take a stance and actually share their opinions and be themselves and be that unique version of who the, whoever they are. And when you can become more confident like that, that's what's going to drive you. But no, I did not ever think I was going to be a public speaker I, I enjoyed books. I've always admired authors. I always thought that'd be cool to write a book someday. So I've read a lot of books, you know, my entire life, but yeah. When was the, when was the first time, like, when was the shift for you when you said, you know what, I just want to, I don't want to be just like everybody else. I want to do my own thing. When did that, ha- that happen for you? I would say sometime in my late twenties is when I started to really think about where I was going in life. Mm. And I, I put myself through college. I've got a mechanical engineering degree and I had that job. And, and the thing is, for when you go to school full time and you work full time, like I did, it took me seven years to finish school. So I was just really busy for that long period of time because I was working out in a chemical plants out in the sun and I'd get off work and I'd go to school at nighttime and study it late at night. And I was only sleeping like four hours a day for this period of five to seven years. Mm-hmm. It was miserable. Like a lot of people talk about their college experience and how great it was and partying. And I was like, that's not how I saw it. It was terrible. I was broke, sleep deprived, stressing out about school and money, two bad things to stress about. And then when I finally graduated and got a job, I was like, man, I have all this free time now. Like I'm not used to having all the, what is this getting off at five o'clock stuff? Like, what am I going to do in the evening? And, and I said, you know, 
I could do a lot more with my time. So that's when I started creating businesses on the side in my late twenties and doing things on the weekends. And I mean, I enjoyed my life. My twenties with an engineering salary, being single in your late twenties, you can have a pretty fun life, believe me. But I always wanted more. I was like, you know, I'm looking at my boss and his boss and they're 10, 20 years down the road from where I was sitting at that point. And they didn't neither, neither of them had the life that I desired. Mm -hmm. So they told me everything I needed to know. It's like, Hey, corporate level. I mean, if you're looking at your, your supervisors on the next three levels, that's your career path at that kind of company or that, that, that industry. So you have to understand if, if those people that are currently in those roles do not have the life or anything that you envy yeah, and you need to be doing something else. Definitely. Um, have you ever trained martial arts? Only as a child. I did judo for a year. Okay. Okay. That's not, that's not a lot of experience, but still it's, um, it's something. How old were you when um, you did martial arts? I was probably 11 or 12. And what I did learn was that, yeah, you couldn't be Billy Badass like Bruce Lee, like we all idolized when I was a kid. But you could learn discipline. And what I understand with judo, actually a lot of things I learned in that year applied to my, my early childhood and even into like high school playing sports. Mm -hmm. Because with judo, as you know, it's all about redirecting energy. Yes. So when somebody's coming to attack you, it's all about you know transferring weight and grabbing them by the gi and like sidestepping them. And, and I've had to do that a few times in my life. But it also, when I started doing these extreme sports like skateboarding and BMX and motocross and playing football, like it taught me how to fall down as silly as that sounds. Like anytime you fall, you can roll out of it and the energy's like dissipated. That's so very powerful. That's very powerful. Yeah. yeah. And especially in judo, you need a very stable structure. Your legs need to be very grounded and you need to understand when to give. And I love your analogy that you said, you know what, learning how to fall down is a huge asset in judo, right? Otherwise you're going to break something. That's right. How did you roll, um, roll out of it, roll out of it, roll out of it. That's all we ever told is just roll out of it. And, mm -hmm. and I get tackled in football. I played fullbacks. So I'd be carrying the ball. I get smashed. And then I, instead of just face planning, I could just roll out of things yeah. and it kept me from getting injury. How would you see that in business? That How would you take that specific concept um, in business? Man, that's, that's, that's like giving me chills to talk about. Cause I never even like thought about that analogy, but it makes a lot of sense. Like when you can learn to fall down and get back up without injury, that's, Roll with maybe, it. Maybe that kind of mindset's been programmed in me since I was a kid, and I just didn't realize that. But yeah, I, I can't recall ever falling down in business or success and not getting back up ready to go again. That's interesting, huh? That's yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Good point. Something that we talk about in um, our personal development through martial arts school is that the mind is the body. What you do with your body is what you do with your mind, and consequently, the way that you um, approach life. So, yeah, I don't know. To me, it makes a lot of sense that you would, would have come into contact with this concept so soon and it just stuck with you and uh, you used it into, into your business. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I remember, I still remember from that, that, that sensei was that as, as I was very competitive as a child. So you want to come into martial arts and you want to like show off and like get better and like try to be better than everyone else. But what I learned was the discipline of that. You're not ready for that. You're not ready for that. You needed to, to really hone in on your skills and just control that until we can get you ready for it. So it kind of gave me a little bit of discipline on the patient side of things. Like you're not going to see instant results and don't act like you're better than you actually are. It's just, you know, it's going to become with time. You had to prove yourself rather than just claim that you're the best. Yes.
definitely. You know, something like in Wing Chun, the martial art that I that I teach, you, you need to be strong, fast, but also sensitive, right? And I was reading this article, and the guy was saying, you know, I'm ready. I want to learn the weapons. And the teacher said, you're not sensitive enough. He was like, what are you talking about? What is this group therapy? What do you mean I'm not sensitive enough? Yeah. Um, so you definitely need to understand this, this aspect of, of patience and developing that kind of feeling. Would you say that you have a, an advanced feeling for when it comes to business and um, managing uh, money, managing teams, um, understanding assets? I would say that anything in business or leadership, I've definitely invested a lot of time and knowledge and practice and had a lot of failures in, in those kind of regards, but I've always just kept learning. Even today, I mean, I don't ever think I'm going to quit learning. I hope that I never run out of information to learn, to be honest, because that would be a really boring life. But I think that with business, I've always taken a big picture. And what I've learned through my career, and I give your listeners an idea, I'll be 46 next week. So that kind of gives you an idea of how long I've been in the industry and doing things. But what I've learned is as I've progressed through life, I've been able to take a bigger step backwards and see a larger a larger picture of how everything operates. So when you're very young, you're focused on what your task is and you just can only have these blinders on what you're working on in that moment, but you don't realize how that contribution to a company affects the other departments or the other ends of the company or the bottom line. And mm -hmm. as you gain more experience, you start to master little pieces of it and you can take a bigger step back and become more aware of how everything has an effect on everything else at the other end. And then even then you can take even bigger steps back because now you're not even looking inside your company. You're looking at the industry or perhaps the economics of the place you live in. There's all mm -hmm. these factors can go back to that. It's like the butterfly effect, right? You know, one yeah. little thing can change so many things down the line. And that's what I think experience has gotten me really just that focus to be able to think about bigger picture things now. I love that. Uh, Tony, tell us a bit about, you know, your failures as well. Everybody talks about their success and uh, how fancy their lives are, but share with us, you know, a moment where you thought that, you know what, I will, I don't think I can make it. And how did you roll with that experience? I would say that uh, I'm a quick, I, I, I recover quickly. I just don't really dwell on failures too much because a lot of people will let their failures define who they are going forward but I'm a firm believer that you don't trip on anything behind you when you're walking forward. So it's just, you just got to like keep moving forward. And I would say that, you know, actual failures or ideas, like I don't really have like these big, you know, giant stories of failure. I've learned that you know, I guess one of the, the most costly failures you could say, but I think of it as a lesson than a, rather than a failure was mm -hmm. that uh, large corporations can bully small companies with a legal process mm -hmm. that can cost you thousands and thousands of dollars and months of your time and added stress. And you'll find that corporate bullying does exist. They'll, there's companies out there that will sue you or send you cease and desist and do these kind of things just because they can, just because they can afford to do that, because they have a lawyer that's full-time on staff that they can just create letters all day and do that stuff and harass you. You can find that you will discover that there are people and companies out there that do that. And until something like that happens to you, you're kind of unaware, like, I'm, well, I'm doing everything right. Like, I'm not going to get sued. But then you realize, like, there's people who have unethical things that do that. Now, how did you manage that situation? Well, at first, you know, I'm, I wanted to fight like anybody. It puts you in a defensive stance and you want to fight back because mm -hmm. you, you, you know that you're right and you know that you can win. And then you start talking to your own lawyer and your lawyer is like, hey, I think you can win. And you're like, awesome. And then they go, hey, it's going to cost about $150,000 to prove you're right. 
And you're like, holy crap. And like, and about three years of your life. And I'm thinking, wow. It's like, man, I'm just not even interested in that at all. It's like, you know, cause that gets me, well, I'm going to spend $150,000 just to say I'm right. Corporate companies that do that kind of nonsense, they know that you're not going to spend that. So they, they, yeah. they can do this thing to try to make you stop with your, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it's just better to um, just let go of it. Yeah. Uh, in most cases, it's just like something else much, much better. It's just waiting around the corner. If you let go of that, of that experience. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's, 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 I mean, it, that also applies to self-defense, like things that's like walk away. Sometimes you got to know mm-hmm. when to, which, which battles to fight and you'll find the guys with the most discipline are the toughest guys are usually the ones with the most discipline because they can just, they, they can understand. They're like, Hey, this isn't good. There's no upside to this. Like what yeah. the hell am I doing? Definitely. There's, there's no winner in a street fight. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tony, you build this amazing community around um, an amazing community of people who are passionate about cars. How did that come about? Well, I've always been a car fanatic, even as a child and internet forums back in the late nineties, early two thousands were the thing. Cause this was pre Facebook. There was no social media back then. Mm-hmm. So the social aspect of the internet originally started on, you know, web 1.0, which was chat rooms. Mm-hmm. And then that evolved into forums where people can go find specialized hobbies and things like that based on each forum. And so a few of us were members on another forum, car forum that we had. We, we enjoyed General Motors performance cars, so Firebirds, Camaro, Corvette, things like that. And and the site that we were hanging out on just wasn't very wasn't operating very well. It was like slow and laggy, like they weren't upgrading the software, the hardware and site kept crashing and deleting all the hard work. So we're producing content. We're making how-to articles. We're making, you know, racing tips and writing blog type things. And we were producing all this content and it would get deleted. So when you, you know, spend a lot of time and hours delivering this free content to build something and the steward of that information is not taking care of it and it keeps, keeps getting deleted. Mm-hmm. And that happened a couple of times. And we finally said, Hey, uh, why, why don't you just pay your bills? Like we know you got sponsors. We know you're making money here. Like, why don't you stay ahead of that? Mm-hmm. And the guy got defensive about that. And he, he threw an attitude at us. He said, if you guys think you can do a better job, start your own site. <laughs> and, and until he said that, it never even occurred to us that, hey, we could start our own site until he challenged us. And when you challenge a bunch of people who are helping you mm-hmm. and they're supporting you and they're driven and they're, they're very confident type people and you challenge them, it's like, that's never going to work out in your favor. So that's what we did is like, I don't know how to start a site list. Well, we can figure it out. So I had one partner in Chicago and he reached out and we're like, Hey, let's just figure this out. We can do this. It's like, it's, you know, it's not rocket science. It's, mm-hmm. it's hiring a server, creating, you know, buying a software package, installing it and flipping a bunch of switches to get it going. Right. So that's all it really was. And, and originally we're like, Hey, it's just want to be a cool place. that's going to be stable and have a place that's going to, you know, know, respect the work that people are putting into it and and take care of the customers and the sponsors. Was it, was it like, because of your passion for cars, would you say that this was your driver for, um, you know, building businesses, um, growing, like, was it one day I'm going to own a Ferrari, so I'm going to do anything that I need to, to get there? Honestly, I, I think it had more to do with, it was, it was something fun and it felt like you were something that you had control over because you realize I was in my late twenties. So I wasn't getting 
I wasn't getting any, any kind of authority or really hard responsibilities at work at that point. So I was really just under somebody's thumb and somebody's decision the entire time. And it was a great way for me to be creative because I love to draw and paint and do these things. Well, creating graphics on the internet was just like the next you know thing to do is like, like another canvas for me. And I started teaching myself how to create web pages and all this kind of stuff. So that's why the you know, partner and I came together. It's like, you've already created web pages. That's like a start. It's like, okay, yeah, that kind of makes sense. And I was doing that for side money. I was building web pages for like local businesses here in the Houston area. But it's, we did it because it was a passion. We, we, we actually had really low goals when we initially started it. I remember having this conversation with John. I was like, hey, if we could make $500 each per month, that would pay for our car. You know, that's like a really yeah. low goal, you know, and, and yeah. honestly, that's how the side hustle community nowadays still thinks. They still think in like hundreds of dollars and it's terrible because nowadays technology you should be thinking of thousands or tens of thousand dollars per month if you do things right. So we thought really small, but it was a passion thing. And that's really what took off is because we had passion. It never felt like work. We were building something and, and other people could see that we had the passion for it. So they just kept supporting it. We're getting these sponsors coming in and spending ad revenue. I mean, even at the end of the day, General Motors and Cadillac were advertising on our website. So that mm-hmm. kind of shows you when you're, you know, when you become basically recognized by the brand you built it around and, and they're giving you money. It's like, this is incredible. And, yeah. you know, uh, honestly, it was like three months in, we were already making our $500 a month goal. I'm like, woo, like awesome. We got a free car. And, and it just cascaded, man. It just grew. And, it, and when we sold that website, we were making like $40,000 profit per month. And this was early 2000s isn't like 2018 dollars i feel like you know the best businesses are built when you're just having fun and uh you're not pressuring yourself oh my god i need to do this uh i need to prove myself i need to like when there's no need you're just doing it for the fun of it it's like oh my god yeah that's awesome i made 500 dollars this month it's amazing this works yeah yeah exactly i think money always follows passion i see money as the the result of something, not, not the, not, not, it doesn't need to be their destination. Like a lot of people focus too much on like, how am I going to make money? How am I going to make money? How am I going to make money? And if money is your only reason, it's going to lead you on the wrong path because you're going to start looking for the easiest path to that money. And then it's going to feel like work because it's a lot of times those easier paths are not something you're interested in. You see somebody else with success in that field. And you're like, Oh, he's making money or she's making money. I can do that but it's not like in your heart and you don't believe yeah. in that, that yeah. product or that service. And so you waste your time. If you waste like one or two years going down this wrong road, chasing that dollar, it's going to feel like work, man. It's no different than showing up at an office every day and sitting in a cubicle because you're not enjoying what you're doing. Hey, sorry to interrupt the interview. I'll let you get back to it in a moment. Let me just ask you, do you want more financial freedom in your business so that you have time for the important things in your life? Would you like to level up your business and become a black belt in business success? Let me help you. I will personally take a look at your business and show you exactly how you can make it more profitable so that you enjoy more financial freedom and more time with your loved ones. Get in touch with me over social media. Links are in the description. Send me a message with the text business breakthrough and we will schedule an appointment and you will get a free coaching session where I teach you exactly how to make your business more profitable without putting in more hours. And this is going to be only for the first five people who get in touch with me this week. 
So check the description, get in touch with me on social media, send me a message with the text business breakthrough and let me help you take your business to the next level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Tony, what, what would you feel are um, some side hustles that are worth starting today? I mean, probably building a web page for somebody is not necessarily feasible because you have so many free and so many very, very affordable services like Wix, like you can build uh, Squarespace, you can build your uh, website like very, very easily. What would you say would be a good side hustle that maybe the people listening could, you know, get into and start uh, looking into? I think success is all based on sales. That's, that's the simplest form. It's like whatever you can sell mm-hmm. that can scale and the, even bonus points is if it has some kind of recurring revenue, like a membership type thing or you know, just if you got money coming in every single month, bills based on what you're selling, some kind of residuals, or you know, like even writing the writing the book. I mean, that's it's a it hit number one bestseller, but that's only for a couple of weeks. That's how all books are. You can't be number one forever, right? Yeah. So, but even then, it gave it enough boost where it had enough reach on Amazon, and even the residuals, I still make over a thousand dollars a month just from that book and all that. And I haven't done anything like since May. I launched it and I mentioned it a few times. Like mm-hmm. I go do my public speaking events and I mention it. Mm-hmm these these podcast interviews and I'll mention it so it's not like you're putting a lot of effort into it after it's produced but I still get a check for over a thousand bucks every month just from that so you realize there's a few authors out there that have 10 20 books and if they're getting a thousand dollars from every book there's a residual income type mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. it takes effort to do that anything worthwhile takes effort but a lot of times they just keep paying you out at the back end so think about things that you have special knowledge in or a special skill or maybe you have the resources or tooling or something you know, that most people don't have and you can do something. But what I really want the people to focus on is getting away from thinking about trading dollars for hours. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the employee mindset. That's the kiss of death. You'll never become successful when you start thinking about what you're worth per hour, mm-hmm. because you, you can only, you only have only finite amount of hours per day. Yes. Yes. I was talking to a coach uh, earlier today and um, I don't know. So many coaches are into this trap of, charging per hour like, what's the difference like you you're, you've been working you've been an employee and now you're a coach and you're you're doing the same thing like that, that doesn't make sense exactly i mean and that's that's what we fall into as a coach I, I have an hourly rate for my clients i work with one-on-one but that's the only way you can really charge for that for that that business model yes. but the that's real cool. revenue is going to be coming from the online courses or the public speaking or writing that book that hits the New York Times bestseller. I mean, if one influencer were to share something you created, like let's say Oprah or some big name influencers, like, hey, this book's awesome. That, that, that instant could change your life. Mm-hmm. You know, if Ellen invited you to her show because someone in her staff saw your book and, and you were a host on there, it's like that would change your life. What inspired you to write your book? Just being able to multiply the, the amount of people I can reach, mm-hmm. the knowledge and the story I have. I mean, it's a very bold title, Side Hustle That's Millionaire, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of times, actually, I didn't want to name it that. I thought it was too presumptuous at first. And the, yeah. and the guy I hired to do the marketing, he's like, dude, that's your story. Like, nobody has that story. Like, you have to, you have to own that story. Mm. And I didn't want to offend people. I didn't want to come off like, Oh, who's this guy made million dollars. And, you know, like, you know, cause people have that negative connotation for people with success. And I was never that I've always been more humble about things. And I never want to be like, Oh, you know, but 
you know, after speaking with him and he's like, dude, that is your story. Like you have to own that story. And that really started to think about it. I was like, man, that is my story. Like, I don't know anybody else that made millions of dollars, like as a hobby. I don't, mm -hmm. I really don't. And, and I was like, shit, you know, that's, that's it. That's the way it's gotta be. So we made that the title and honestly I have zero regrets. I think it's incredible because that, that's what makes my book stand out from the others. When you go to Amazon and you're looking for side hustles or startup or things like this yeah. book, like all these are like $100, you can do this. Like you can make $200 a month. And like that blows my mind. It's like the side hustle community thinks way too damn small mm. compared to what's reality. Like, like if you set your goals to make $300 a month, that's all you're going to make. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. all you're going to make. You're going to start thinking about, Oh, I can make $10 an hour, like building this little widget gizmo and like sending those out every day in the evening. And if you start thinking about like, how can I make $3,000 a month or $30,000 a month, you're going to have a lot mm -hmm. different ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the, like actually the first book that I ever read was the magic of thinking big. Great book. Yeah, guys, if you haven't read it yet, go ahead and uh, absolutely get it. And if while you're at it, also get Tony's book. You'll have a link in the description where you can find it on Amazon. And um, yeah, Tony, you also have a podcast, right? Correct. When did you start that? Just over two months ago, I started the podcast, but it was a it was a project that took a year to make. And the mm -hmm. reason why is because had I started it a year ago. So honestly, I've only been doing the, the public, the public, public speaking and the, the motivational post and helping people publicly on business. Although I've been doing it for the last 10 years, mm -hmm. I've only been doing it in public for the last, I guess, a little over a year. I started in June of last year, 2017. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what? I have a passion for this. I've got clients that I've helped build seven and eight figure companies. And they're keep telling me like, you should be doing this full time and walk away from your oil and gas boring career. And, and I started to like, be like, man, it's hard to walk away from this, this high paying salary. I was making multiple six figures in oil mm -hmm, mm -hmm. my way to that level. And you start to think about like, just like anybody else that's got a busy career, like, man, I can't walk away from that. I have all this time invested. I have the degree invested and have this network invested yeah. and you walk yourself out of doing things that you actually love because you're getting paid. Well, that's the, that's how most people are. We get complacent when we get to a comfortable income range. And you're less willing to take risks to go actually do things you actually love. And, and I was like, that's just not me. It's like, I've always, been, I've always been eager to evolve into whoever I wanted to become. It's like, if in order for me to lead by example, I have to step out and go do this. I had to see it through. So I have a lot of passion for helping people and coaching people. And, but the podcast, man, it's like, you can't be a podcaster if you can't speak very well, or you can't have the vocal variety you have to be a public speaker and someone else you know that to engage the audience before you can just fire up the microphone because i'll tell you when i first started i joined toastmasters and I, it took me a good year to become the the speaker that i needed to become to to promote the book to get on a stage and when i started i sucked man i was like i was scared i, I had this the fears of public speaking, like you, the sweaty palms and the, yeah. the armpits and in the, the body temperatures and you start to get the, the sweat droplets on their forehead and like all these physiological things about fear of public speaking and being criticized and putting yourself out there and showing vulnerability. Like these are real things that most people have. That's why public speaking is the highest ranked fear other than death. So what do you do? You like you go attack that fear, mm -hmm. you step into it, realize that it's a weakness of yours and you train just like any, like your martial arts, you just train to get through something. Yeah, and man. then you're so surprised at the end, like how good you can. 
So I had to think about this. I, I knew I wanted to do a podcast. I knew I wanted to write this book. I knew I needed to be on radio and TV, but I wasn't that person. I had to become that person. I don't know how, how it was for you, but like for me, ever since I started interviewing people and just talking, reaching out to people and um, hearing their stories, it broadened my horizons so much. It, it enriched my experience so much. And it's awesome because, you know, you look to these people that you probably admire and you feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to be able to do that. But, you know, the people who have been listening to the interviews ever since we began, I, I feel like everybody has a better understanding that everybody's human and everybody goes through this process. And the only difference is exactly what you said. One person thought bigger than the other. One person said, you know what? I want $3,000 a month, not 300. Yeah. That's all it is. It's there. You'll find that there's very little difference in intelligence or knowledge or anything like that. There's so, there's so many excuses that people use to not start. And that is the only difference between yes. successful and unsuccessful people is the people actually did something. Yes. Yes. And kept, kept at it. Awesome. Yeah. Persistence and uh, yeah, persistence and consistency. I love it. Um, what would be one question for our listeners? I would say that if you're sitting there and you're listening to this, hopefully it's reached you at some point. I know that we all have different messages. A lot of times we have a lot of the similar messages, but what I've learned from listening to podcasts and speakers and reading different books is sometimes the people that you're listening to in that moment say the message that you've may have heard, but then it resonates with you at some point. Like, like, how come I have heard this my entire life, but Tony said it and now I really like focused in on that. It's because you weren't ready to hear that message back then by whoever was telling you the first time. You weren't ready at that point. You may have been like, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. And then now there's some point in your life that you've reached that anybody that really gets to you, they're, they're going to be like, man, I really like, it's like a, like awakening. Like you've, you've heard it, but you didn't realize why you didn't take over it. So I would say if there's something that I've mentioned that inspires you to do something or maybe makes you feel pain, that's even better. Like pain is a great indicator of what you should be doing. Like if something is causing you pain or, or, or self-doubt, like that's a great indicator. Pay attention to pain. And I would say that, you know, challenge yourself. That's what I have to ask of you. Just get up, challenge yourself and go after that pain. Figure out why it's causing you pain. Dig really deep. And then go find the solution to that. I love, I love how you went full circle with the uh, martial arts analysis. Like if, if you're not moving on, it's because like you're not ready for it. So you need to spend a bit more time learning what you have to learn. And then you're going to level up and you're going to learn the next technique and uh, so on and so forth. Awesome. Um, guys, go ahead and connect with Tony and uh, wish him a happy birthday because this uh, episode will be coming out probably close to his birthday. So go ahead and connect with him over on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram and check out his book on Amazon. Absolutely. Tony, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, you can reach me on my website at 365driven.com and you'll find all the links to my social, my book, everything's there for you. So thank you and enjoy being on your show. Awesome. Have a great day, guys, and I'll see you next time. Cool. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And if you're ready for more financial freedom, for more time to spend with your loved ones or doing what you're really, really, really passionate about, 
Send me a message over social media, connect with me, links are in the description, and I will give you a free business breakthrough session where I will show you exactly how you can make your business more profitable so that you live a happy and fulfilled life with your loved ones. I'll see you soon.